I'm really nervous. It is good. Honestly, I, I can't. That's something that I always pray for is not to stop being nervous because I don't want to just be up here saying something. But as I was preparing, I was praying, and there's a lot of things that came in mind of what to share. But um, the direction I'm going to go with, I titled, Trust Him in the Process. Trust Jesus in the Process. Who here has ever gone through a process or is going through a process or has gone through attacks or is going through difficulties or has gone through difficulties? Those of you who didn't pick up your hands is because you're probably really tired this morning, but it's okay. You know, I'm going to start in the New Testament, James chapter 1 verses 2 and 4. James writes and says, dear brothers and sisters, when, he doesn't say if, so it's talking to all of us. If he said, if, you could have been like, well, it, it's not pertaining to me. But he says, when, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Amen? So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete needing nothing when trials of any kind come consider a great joy and we're going to go into the old testament and i i was going to paraphrase but i think we're just going to read the whole chapter daniel chapter three you know a few days ago reading in one of the devotions uh one of these uh, I don't even know who the author is of this devotion, but he was saying that the Old Testament is like walking through a furnished room with the lights off. And the New Testament turns on the lights. St. Augustine said, in the old, the new is concealed. In the new, the old is revealed. See, Jesus came to this earth and he brought the light. He was the word that came in flesh. And through Jesus, we get to interpret the Old Testament. And it shows us the power of God that was from the beginning and continues to work. Amen? So let's read Daniel chapter 3. It's a story you guys all know. And I could have paraphrased it, but I, I think it, it's going to be better reading. I'm going to read out of the NLT. Daniel chapter 3. If you didn't do your Bible reading, you can imagine you're in church and you get to check that box as well. Today we're going to get some Bible reading done. It says, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide, and set it on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messengers to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the herald shouted out, People of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, 
uh, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, <coughs> Shadrach, <coughs> Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue. I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And then what god will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the god whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we, wanted to, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you've set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men, unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stopped, stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angels to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. And their house will be turned into a heap of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. As I read this story, I've read it many times and just in preparation, I reread it many times. God started to show me a few things, and I want to talk about three things. First of all is that resistance is inherent to believers. Resistance is inherent to the believers. When I asked who's gone through something, you raised your hands, and part of it is because you believe in a God who saved you and set you free. And that in itself is a recipe for resistance. 
That in itself makes you a target. That in itself makes you stand out. See, the, the story just told us that many officials and governors and all these people were called around the statue, but three stood out. Three had resistance put their way. The rest were able to skip by without resistance. All they had to do was bow down when the music played. But three instantly, instantly received resistance. As we look in the Bible, every hero of the Bible has resistance after resistance after resistance. Jesus told us about this. Jesus experienced resistance. Every hero in the Old Testament from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to David to Daniel to Isaiah, every man of God, every time they chose to serve God, every time they chose to obey him, they, they met resistance. Resistance is inherent to believers. Resistance is inherent to our lives. Don't let resistance scare you. As James spoke to the believers in the, in the New Testament, he said, when troubles of any kind come, receive them with joy. How many times I find myself facing resistance and the first words that come out of my mouth is why? I say, why God? But resistance is inherent to my life. It's inherent to my life because I believe in a savior. I believe in one who set me free, set me apart, and called me to fulfill something. There is resistance that we're going to go through. It's not if, it's when. And when you go through something, I, I, I have good news for you. There's more coming. There's more coming. You can turn to the person next to you and say, hey, I have good news. You're a target. I have good news. You're a target. But I truly do have good news. The Bible says that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. The Bible says no weapon formed against them shall prosper. James also writes in chapter 4, he says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 says, For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and against uh, authorities of unseen world against mighty powers in the dark world and against the spirits in the heavenly places. There is an enemy out there and he is resisting you. He will resist you. And resistance is not going to leave your life till the day you go to heaven. There's going to be resistance. There's going to be resistance. And we learn to overcome. Resistance is supposed to teach us to overcome the next set of resistance. It, it's not why God, it's God, how? How do I walk through this? Let me hear your word in this resistance. Let me hear your word. Let me receive a word of encouragement in this time. And that's what he's interested in. Resistance is there for every single one of us. Some go through it in one season, some through another season. Some, some go through it in one aspect of their life, others through another. But we need one another. We need one another. That's why we share testimonies with one another. Because that's what a testimony is. It's a testimony of a test. It's a testimony of a test. We share and say, hey, I, I've been through that. You can, you can go through this. The one who's with you, he won't leave you through this. Resistance is extremely inherent to believers. And, and if we look through all of history, you're going to see that clear line. Uh, if you read anything from, from uh, the communist days in, in the former Soviet Union, you're going to see extreme resistance. And the, the resistance was felt by believers. The resistance was felt by believers. 
If you were part of the communistic regime, you were able to actually escape through okay. You were able to walk through it all right. But those who chose to serve the God that they call their God, those who chose to serve Jesus and no one else, they experienced incredible resistance. It came with the territory. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. As we go through the resistance, I have good news for you. That he's there with you. That he's going to walk you through. He's faithful. He remains faithful. Just as true that resistance is coming, the same, even more true is that he's already there. Even more true is that Jesus is already there. Jesus was found in the furnace. He was waiting for them in the flames. Resistance was coming, but he was found in the furnace. He revealed himself to everybody around in that furnace. And I, as resistance comes, the second thing I see that this story shows us so clearly is that the trial will reveal the substance. Yes. I want to talk about that a little longer. The trial will reveal the substance. What I mean by that is that there's a difference between what's on the outside and what's on the inside. There's a difference between what's on the outside and what's on the inside. You see, as we read this story, it talks clearly about them being tied up in their robes, their garments, their turbans, and thrown into the fire as a whole. You know what? They didn't look very different than everybody else that bowed. Their outside appearance was, de was deemed by the king, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. It was instructed to them what to wear. They actually, on the outside, they looked very much like everyone else. They looked like the people around them that bowed down. But that very furnace, it revealed that there's something deep inside that nobody else had. The trial will reveal the substance. You know, it's very dangerous when the substance doesn't match the wrapper. I remember my aunt poured some house cleaner into a Pepsi bottle. And it happened to be dark cleaning solution. I don't know why she did it. She probably didn't have another bottle. I don't want to go into all the details. But she poured chemicals into a Pepsi bottle just for the time being. Her son happened to see the Pepsi bottle, was thirsty, and took a sip. And he had to go to the hospital. He's okay. Nobody died. Everything's fine. Let's get another trial. But he had to go to the hospital. What I'm saying is it's dangerous when the substance doesn't match the wrapper, when the substance doesn't match the logo, the label. And only resistance can actually verify that. As these young men stood before Nebuchadnezzar, they had a logo on them. They were Jews. They were servants of the Most High God. But that logo didn't scare Nebuchadnezzar. He looked at them and he mocked them. He said, if you don't bow to me, I'm going to throw you into a fiery furnace. And then what God? What God's going to save you? If you don't bow to me right now, what God's going to save you from that furnace? And just a little while later, that same Nebuchadnezzar says, there is no other God that saves like the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This world challenges us and it yells at us and says, hey, I'm going to crush you. And then what God is going to help you? What God is going to save you from this trouble? I'm going to crush you financially. I'm going to crush you in your health. I'm going to crush you in, in uh, your children. What God? Who are you putting your trust in? You're going to get crushed. But I tell you, that's the very opportunity to show what God.
That's the very opportunity where we say it's not us. But the God we serve is able and will save us. But listen, King Nebuchadnezzar, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. It's so dangerous when the substance doesn't match the logo. It's so dangerous when only on the outside we're believers. On the outside we look good. On the outside we look crisp. But on the inside we've forgotten what, what's actually real. And it's necessary in our life to sometimes go through resistance to get a taste of what's inside. For business, I, I sell cars. I have a small lot. And recently we moved and... Uh, in this business, one of the problems is car theft. If you work with cars, you know that that's an issue. And so when I moved into this new lot, I paid a lot of money for a very nice fence. Very nice fence. I was very happy with the fence. It was a nice fence. It was steel and strong. And I looked at it. I'm like, all right, it's going to be hard to hop and hard to ram a car through it. And everything was well. A few months into it, no cars were stolen. I was very happy with the fence. I'd walk by. Rolling my fingers along the fence. Good fence. Good fence. Keep the cars in. Keep the thieves out. Good fence. There's a lot of little metal bracings and you can just play the harp. It's a good fence. About four weeks ago, five weeks ago, I was off on the Wednesday. And I woke up. It was a great day. It was a great day. I was feeling great. Day off. About 2.30 or 3 o'clock, I get a text message from the guys at work. And it's two of my cars on jacks. And I know what that means. I've been in this business long enough. When your cars are on jacks and you didn't put them on the jack, it's not a good thing. You don't want your cars on jacks if you're not the one putting them on jacks. Everything changed for me in that moment. It went from a good day to a bad day in one text message. I jumped in my car, I drove to work, I discovered two cars were broken into, windows were smashed, doors were damaged, tools were taken out, other cars were lifted, exhausts were cut, things of that nature. And I stood there, you know, and reality set in. What are you doing, fence? Fence, I thought you were a good fence. Not only that, upon investigation, I discovered that they cut my fence. It was super easy. I thought it was a strong fence. Turns out there's always somebody stronger. There's always somebody more clever. They took some bolt cutters and it was just a snip, snip. It was really easy. I fit through that hole. I'm a big guy. And I stood there, I looked at this fence. It was cut. I saw how easy it was cut. It wasn't the fence's fault. I realized no matter what I do, there's a way of cutting it. And I started to freak out. I started to stand there thinking, all right, what do I do? You know, I, 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 have, I have some people I can call. They can fix these two things. But then what? And the devil started to scare me in that moment. He started to say, look around you. Count the number of things on the fence. And it's hundreds of feet. And I'm like, oh, man, there's a lot. Weld these two. Fix these two. I'll cut the next two. And then I'll cut the next two. I'll cut the next two. And I felt the burden thickening and thickening. I started to feel harder and harder, more and more disappointed. And I started looking around and realizing, well, they, they only hit four cars this time. But tomorrow night, they can come and hit six and then ten. And clo you'll close up real soon. That's not how businesses run. 
I started to feel so tired and overwhelmed. My wife was praying for me. She was calling me, telling me, honey, come home. It's okay. God's in control. And I, I'm, I'm a guy. I started freaking out. I'm like, I know God's in control, but I got to help him. <laughs> I started thinking about spending the night there catching these guys and doing all sorts of crazy things. And it was already 8 p.m. and everybody was gone and I was just there kind of helpless. I'm, I was standing there, didn't even know what to do. And it's funny to talk right now because I'm on the other side of this. But I promise you, it wasn't that funny in the moment. It was difficult. And I felt discouraged. And I got in the car. I was looking for this guy. I was driving around the neighborhood. I'm like, I'll find you, you cutting fence. And my dad called me. He's like, what are you doing? Go home. I'm like, Man, I don't know what to do. What do you mean go home? What, what to show up tomorrow to more vehicles broken? I, I can't afford this. And he's like, hey, do with this as you want. But you don't trust God. And it cut so deep. I was like, what are you talking about? I pray. I, I, I trust God. I'm a believer. I believe in God. And he's like, Rod, you don't trust God. And I hung up the phone. And I was driving. And the Holy Spirit started to really minister to me and said, you don't trust me, Rod. You trust the fence. You trust your cleverness. You trust your experience. But you don't trust me. And I came back to that fence. I stood in that same spot. I looked at the same two cut pieces. But all of a sudden, the fear was gone. I looked around, I looked at the cars, and I said, cut them, cut the fence, break the cars. God, if you're going to walk me through this, I'm okay with that. God, if you're here and you're faithful to your word, I'm okay with that. You see, that morning, Wednesday morning, if you would have stopped me as I sat on my, you know, table eating breakfast, and you said, Rod, do you trust God? I would have confidently told you, I trust God. Oh, I trust God. I pray to God. I believe in God. And I wouldn't have been lying. I would have believed I wouldn't have been lying. But at 3 p.m., all of a sudden, it was hard to say that I'm not lying if I say I trust God. All of a sudden, the resistance actually revealed a lack in the substance. The resistance, the trial actually squeezed hard enough to where I realized, hey, the logo doesn't really match what's inside. Hey, I, I put a label on myself as one who believes in God, but look at, look at this resistance. It's crushing me. And you know what? That's a mercy of God. That's the mercy that lets us fall on our knees and say, God, I'm sorry. God, I repent. God, I, I, thought, I thought I trusted in you, but this resistance, it showed me that I don't trust in you. This resistance, it showed me that I believe you're a healer, but for some reason, I just don't believe it for myself. God, I believe that you're my protector, but for some reason, in this situation, I don't, I don't see it actual to me. It's the mercy of God when we walk through resistance and it reveals the substance inside. And every time that substance doesn't match the logo that you put on yourself, it's a call to get on your knees. It's a call to get before God and to repent. And to say, Lord, change me from the inside out. You see, God is a miraculous God. He can work with you in one minute. All he needs is for you to give him the time. All he needs is for you to actually get before him and say, God, search my heart. Am I walking down the right path? Am I truly who I say that I am? Am I truly the person that you said that I am? It, God doesn't do this to crush us. See, when the devil was scaring me in that moment, he was doing it to crush me. But when God revealed the fact that I don't trust him, it wasn't to crush me, it was to build me up. He revealed it to say, you don't trust me, but I can make you trust me. I can make you trust me. If you give your life to me, I'll allow you to trust me. I'll prove that I'm trustworthy. I'll prove that I'll never let you go, that I'll always be with you. Resistance is inherent to believers. And resistance 
or trials, they reveal the substance. That's why James, talking to the believers in the, in, in the first century, he says, consider it joy. Because the reality is, I wasn't full of joy when I saw that cut fence. The reality is, I don't think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were smiling inside out as they watched the furnace. But by faith, they recognized that this is an opportunity for God to prove to us who he really is. This is an opportunity for me to show to the rest of the world who my God is. That I don't trust in myself. I don't trust in my abilities. I don't trust in the fence I built. I don't trust in whatever I do. But it is him and only him. That's why we can sleep at peace even when the world around us is crumbling. That's why we can rest even when our children are going through difficulties. That's why we can rest even when our health does not reflect the same thing. We can say, I know my Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives. I know who I trust. I know He's going to walk me through it. I know He hasn't changed. He is yesterday, today, and forever the same. Resistance is inherent to believers. But the trials will reveal our substance. And lastly, I see that His goal is always promotion. God's goal, walking us through these things, being in the furnace, is our promotion. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. God's goal is always promotion. But you see, promotion without preparation is just as dangerous. We need to go through preparation to carry that promotion. The resistance, the trials we go through, they prepare us for the promotion that God has set before us. The Bible says, all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. All things work for the good. Allow that trial. Allow that trial to build your faith. James says that. He says that the trial, your faith is tested and endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. When your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Faith and endurance, it needs to grow. It needs to, we need to go through that process. We need to believe him to be the God who he says he is. We need to believe him to be the God who provides when it's hard to believe in provision. We need to believe in him to be the God who heals when it's hard to believe in healing. We need to believe in him to be the God who protects when it's difficult to see protection. He's the God that brings peace in the midst of the storm. The Bible talks about peace that surpasses understanding. I recognized in my life that the peace it's talking about is that very peace in the midst of a difficulty, in the midst of a problem. It's not peace when nothing touches me. No, that peace doesn't surpass understanding. Listen, when everything's good, it makes sense that you're at peace. When everything's good, it makes sense that you're at peace. But the peace that surpasses understanding is the peace that comes when nothing makes sense. And you can go to sleep and say, I know my Redeemer lives. And I know that tomorrow's going to come with his plan in hand. And he's going to walk me through it. I don't know how I'm going to walk through it. I don't know the exact steps to make. But I trust in my God. That's the peace that surpasses understanding. That's the peace that flows out of the spirit, not out of the mind. Out of the mind, fear comes because you look at circumstances. But your spirit, you start to tell your spirit, rise up. Rise up. Remember the words that he said to me. I will not shake. I will not waver. I will allow myself to walk through this process trusting in him because his goal is my promotion. His goal is to, to prepare me for my promotion. His goal is to make me take the next step and allow God to be glorified. Because you see, at the end of this story, we see who's getting the glory. 
At the end of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's passage through the furnace, all of a sudden, King Nebuchadnezzar himself, the most proud man of that time, says, that's the real God. Had they bowed, had they turned away from the furnace, this story would have ended very differently. But they walked through the resistance. They allowed the trial to truly reveal the substance. You see that trial squeezed them so hard and King Nebuchadnezzar saw the Son of God standing in the fire. And he said, did we not bind up three? Why do I see four and the fourth one's like the Son of God? In your trial, he will never leave you. In your trial, you will never be alone. He's always standing next to you. He's in that fire. He's in that prison. He's in that difficulty. He's always next to you. He is yesterday, today, and forever the same. We know who was standing in that fire. It was Jesus Christ himself. He's in that fire to prepare you for your promotion. He's in that fire to reveal to you, hey, because it's difficult to go through this difficulty, spend more time with me. Get on your knees. Allow this repentance to come into your life. Allow this change in your life to take you to the next level. Can we rise up? And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Isaiah writes, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. But those who trust in the Lord. I challenge you this morning, whatever you're going through, whatever the resistance is, whatever the trial is, find in yourself the strength to say, spirit, rise up and trust in the Lord. Allow his word to be the foundation that you stand on. Stop focusing on your abilities because there won't be enough. Stop focusing on your experience because it won't walk you through this. But by his grace, we will overcome. By his grace, we will overcome. By his grace, we will come out of the fire and we will bring glory to his name. By his grace, people will look at you and say, that is peace that surpasses understanding. How could they have gone through that and not been crushed? How could they have gone through that and not given up? But the answer is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. He's the one we're bringing to this world and he's revealed in our life through the resistance. He's revealed in our life through the difficulties. That's why we need one another. We need somebody to call us and say, hey, maybe you don't trust in God right now. We need someone else to call us and say, hey, I'm standing with you in prayer. Somebody's in need of your call today. Somebody's in need of your message today. Somebody's in need of your prayer today. Somebody's going through a fire and they need your support. We need to rise up. We need to recognize what's happening around us. We need to stop focusing so much on ourselves and look around. See the world that's around us. Our brothers, our sisters, our family members, our friends. We carry the difference. Allow him to walk you through the process. Resist the devil and he will flee. Stand firm. As Paul says, putting on the full armor. Stand. Continue to stand. I know it's difficult. I know sometimes it's easy to give up. But he challenges us to stand. Because when we stand, he receives the glory. When we stand, he receives the glory. God's goal is your promotion. 
he's never he's never had it in mind to bring you up to that point and let you die there he's never had it in mind to bring you up to that point and allow it to crush you his goal is promotion he's preparing you for something bigger ahead he's preparing you for a bigger challenge you're gonna face things that others won't be able to face but allow him to walk you through that process don't fall back don't run the other way stand tall allow that process to walk to, to allow him to walk you through that process he's faithful his name is Jesus and he is faithful he was he is and he is to come he is the Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end the first and the last he is the lion and the lamb he's the conqueror victorious one he is your provider your protector he's the God of gods and the King of Kings the creator of the universe the one who holds the world in his hand and knows the count of hair on your head that's Jesus and he's walking with you he's holding you by your right hand he's your protector and defender no weapon will formed against you shall prosper no attack by day nor by night will harm you thousands will fall to your left and to your right but they will not harm you you will only see with your eyes the reward of those who believe in the Son of God Jesus we thank you so much we exalt you our King I pray Lord God reveal yourself to us in a new way allow us Lord God to see anywhere we need to fall in repentance God anywhere we need to allow you to change us from the inside out God we pray change us from the inside out if you're here today and you're going through something if you're going through a difficulty and you just need support you can come on out that's why we're here today we're here together to support one another you can come on out if you're going through a difficult moment in your life where you feel like you just want to give up God is here to tell you that he's there he's waiting for you he's with you he's with you he's gonna walk you through it he's gonna receive glory as you walk through this trial he's gonna receive glory Jesus we thank you we thank you that you didn't change we thank you that you didn't change that you continue to protect us you continue to provide for us we thank you Lord come on right now just start praying just start interceding interceding right now if it's not for you start interceding for those around you those who are going through something we thank you so much Lord God is speaking to somebody here and he's showing that he's not left you he's not left you don't believe that thought that you're alone you're not alone he's there he sees he hears he's aware he's walking you through it the Bible says no one can snatch you out of his hand he is faithful you're a faithful God you're a faithful God we thank you Jesus we thank you our Lord we thank you our God we exalt you we lift you up Lord we thank you that you are faithful to your word and that nothing in this life no weapon formed against us shall prosper God I pray Lord for strength in people's lives Shimba Dara Le Hira Baba Dashtara Ro 
receive Jesus for the first time or if you just need to reestablish that relationship. Tonight or this morning is the morning. This is the time you can come out. We will pray with you. Jesus is in this place. He said we're two or three gathered in his name. He is there in the midst of them. If you're here and you need to repent, if you're here and you need to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, this is your opportunity. We would love to stand with you. We would love to pray with you. He is faithful to his word. He says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. 